He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> Was not even going to attempt to put makeup on. So I'm like, I'll just take a big pair of sunglasses, throw them over my face, and do like a beach theme. <laughs> Works for me. I bet it does, Dan Alaire. <laughs> Look at you, all those bottles behind you. You know who you were talking to today. This is exciting. Yeah, I actually put some thought into where I was going to sit for this thing. So I figured right in front of my bar would be the best option. It is. I mean, that's what, why I have this stupid plant here on the view. They're like, put something in your background. Look nice. Jenna's got an apron. Yeah. And a chalkboard. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I, you know I'm single. I just want the boys to know that I cook. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Okay, so as usual, we're already off to chatting before we've even introduced our guest today. Um, and we're talking to the fabulous and fellow stand-up comedian, radio host, who currently hosts the morning show on Fresh 104.5 in Cornwall. Please welcome Dan Allaire. Woo! Can I make one correction? Yeah, please. I, I host on Boom 101.9. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, there's so many of them. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Cornwall's the mecca of radio stations. I'm sorry. I knew that, too. I don't know why I said that. I was doing it off memory. I didn't even write it down. Je Jesse forgets how old I actually am. There's no way you want me on fresh radio. Let me... Let me <laughs> Should we redo it or do you care? We're a mess. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's hilarious. But if, if people woke up in the morning and they had me trying to decipher some of the artist names in today's day and age, some of them, they have symbols and numbers backwards and you can't pronounce half of their names. So I, I'm good with the old school stuff. But you know what's so funny is I, I do this to you all the time. We've been at Yuck Yucks. I don't know how many times I've even hosted and brought you up and made that same mistake. I, I don't know whether I just have bad memories with the word boom or what it is, but I just, <laughs> I do it all the time and I apologize. So you are on boom. What is it? What are the call numbers? One, one oh nine. Thank you. <laughs> you just used to work for the company for a few years. And, and uh, I the, blocked it out. The interesting part for me is uh, I was going to say like, you know, Jesse, it would have been fun to do a morning show with you, but I'm going to take that back now. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. get the call letters right. It's a good thing we're friends because uh, you know how messy we are. There was a reason <laughs> that he didn't say the call, call letters. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Listen, it's quarantine. I'm drunk 20 hours a day, like most of you. Don't give me a hard time. <laughs> exactly. So, Dan, uh, you actually, though, in quarantine, you are actually thriving. You have... Quit drinking. You're losing weight. This morning you were out for a hike or a bike ride. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, my, this morning's bike ride. So I've done, uh, so far this week, I've done about 60 kilometers on my bicycle. I also have a motorcycle, but there's no exercise involved in that. Uh, and that's because quarantine 15 is real. And when we were going through the polar vortex from springtime and, uh, you know, the, the early days of this where you were, you know, missing everybody and missing everything and not that everything's back yet uh but uh one morning i got up and actually put pants on to go to work which wasn't happening i was just wearing jogging pants like a lot of people i'm not even wearing proper pants right now um 
I uh, put my belt on and thought, ooh, <laughs> okay, uh, it's time to like go back to real life where we weren't just you know drinking craft beers every day and just ordering in every now and then because we didn't feel like cooking anymore. Uh, so it, the the reality hit me pretty hard uh, about two weeks ago. So I, I amended it. So I did not quit drinking. Um, yeah, I know this because it's going to be a short interview, right? Well, he quit drinking and he's getting healthy, so there's no point having him here. Um, but it's uh, it, it's just just a matter of trying to balance things back out because there was no balance for the longest time. It was just I don't know if we were feeling sorry for ourselves, but my wife and I we were just like it was reckless abandon. We were just eating what we wanted and you know drinking most of the time. And uh, there were some weekends where you know if, if I would have handed in my empties and kept them for the first six or seven weeks of quarantine, I could have probably afforded a Lamborghini. Ooh. Should have kept drinking. <laughs> right? I think the reason everyone, like, went into that mode is it felt like Christmas again. Everything's closed. You know, you're just sitting there. You can't go anywhere. You don't have to put pants on if you don't want to. And I think everyone just, it fell into this, like, it's very hard to reset your life and go into a new routine. I, uh, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones because um, some people are broadcasting from home. I'm actually in studio every day. So I'm still getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm still going into the station, but there's nobody else in that studio. Uh, we have a sister station, Fresh Radio. <laughs> um, they're, one of their announcers is in studio. So we're basically two people and the engineers there for about an hour in the morning just to make sure everything's working. And then he's gone. So there's nobody there. Uh, you know, the, the hustle and bustle that used to start to emerge around 8 a.m. is not there. We, we are alone all day. So from, you know, quarter to five in the morning until 9, 30, 10 o'clock when I leave, I see nobody there. And my, my co-host is broadcasting from home. So he, he has the three-minute commute downstairs to his home studio, and I'm still going in. So I, and I consider myself really lucky. Uh, to still have that routine because weekends still actually mean something, which which is a big deal because I still look forward to Fridays. Well, and you 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 live in Cornwall, so isn't it a three minute commute, anyways? Uh, <laughs> you would think so, right? The one thing I always say, Cornwall is not big. Uh, I live just on the outskirts of town, so it's a it's literally a twelve to thirteen minute drive into work. Uh, there's no traffic when I go to work in the morning. Uh, but that's my big joke here. When, when there is construction somewhere and there is a delay, it's three red lights. I mean, they, you guys know traffic. We, every time I hear someone complain about traffic in Cornwall, I just shake my head because it's not a real problem here. We, we have just been spoiled for that. So how is it working with your co-host? This is, I'm really interested to hear your take on this because even Jenna and I have been struggling with the new reality of taping over Zoom and, you know, there's delays. And even when you get used to that, it's not the same as being in person. And I remember uh, and from our radio days, we'd have a whole bunch of different hand signals, whether we needed to wrap the breakup or stretch it out or whatever it is. And you can't really do that unless you see each other. So do you guys like have a video going between you while you're on air? We, uh, we've been on the air together for over five years, and while, you know, the, the facial expressions, uh, my co-host's hand signals are the worst, so I don't miss those because I could never understand what the hell he was trying to tell me. Um, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was tough at the beginning because there's like a little bit of a delay between the signals, 
but we adjusted to that. It probably took us about two or three weeks. And I, I think we're in a little bit of a rhythm now, and, and it's all audio. Um, there's no – I mean, we have the option if we want it on the side to be on, like, FaceTime so that we can kind of chat off the air and do that. But we have that capability through the board, so we kind of just make the best of it. And um, it, it just also means now I've got to do all of the work because I'm in the studio. So when the phone rings, I edit the phone call. If there's any production to be done for the show, I do the production because I can't – Unless it's a social media post that he can do from home, everything else now falls on me. Uh, but, but again, I, I try not to complain too loudly because I know there are people out there who, who aren't working right now because of COVID-19 and I still have my job. So uh, you won't hear me complain too loudly. I see no, we have another guest. And let's be honest, studios are giant cesspools anyway, so it's nice that there's only like one of you in there at a time. Because That's you know, like there was always like this illness that came one to, uh, like at some point amongst <laughs> the jocks and the on-air where one person got sick and then everybody got sick. So I think it's nice that it's just one per studio. One of the, the, the things I realized, because uh, the other protocol we have now is we have wipes in the studio and everything gets wiped down. When you walk in, the first thing you do, grab a wipe, clean everything off. And the last thing you do, grab a wipe, clean everything off. Because there are some other people who come in and out. Um, and for me, I, <laughs> the surface of the studio, when I look at it, when I'm done a shift, I can't believe how much surface that I touch in the span of four, four and a half hours. I think we lost Jenna there, Jesse. Yeah, we did. She'll come back. So it's, it's a disgusting uh, environment, and you don't think about it uh, pre-pandemic, but now that we're so, um, uh, you know, touch surface conscious and, and socially distant and trying not to spread anything, the amount of, it takes me a good, I don't know, five minutes minimum to wipe down before and after the show. And, and I guarantee you, if you had an expert watching me do it, they'd be like, he missed that and he missed that and he missed that. Like, I don't know. I'm doing the best of my, you know, average Joe abilities to try and get those done. Yeah. Um, I think it's good though, that people are changing their thinking about cleaning in general. And like, you think of it now, whereas like you said before you didn't, you just made me think of something funny. Um, so as you know, we're both stand-ups and we've been at Yuck Yucks many times. And one of the first things I asked Howard, the owner of Yuck Yucks Ottawa, uh, when all this germ stuff started was how often has that mic been cleaned? And he said, never. Yeah. <laughs> never. <laughs> and I believe yeah. it. And how many times have you been on stage here? And it's like you accidentally will touch it to your lip. Or like one time I even remember I, I, I really like gave it a good lip and, and I tasted it. And I was like the most <laughs> salty. Like, and I was like, I'm going to get sick after this. And I didn't. But I just thought that is the got to be most disgusting microphone in the world. And it probably still hasn't been cleaned. Well, if you gave it a good lipping, you could probably then boast that you've now kissed Tom Green and Derek <laughs> Segay and Jeremy Hotz and all of these famous comics. Uh, you've made lip contact with them now. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Maybe it'll bring me good luck. I don't know. But <laughs> it, you know what? The thing with you two and your stand-up career, and Jenna, I, she's, her computer like overheated or something. She's going to come back. But um, okay. you – really started stand-up guns blazing and uh, it was going really, really well for you before all this, for both of us, if I do say so myself. Um, but for you especially, it was like really taking off in a fast way. So you must really have felt like, oh, fuck. 
yeah, that's probably the exact uh, words I would use. Ah, fuck, because what, what was happening is I was doing what I, I really got to give uh, Howard Wagman credit. Um, uh, well, Dylan, Bla our friend Dylan Black introduced me to Howard, and uh, I got in on a Wednesday night. It was my uh, second time ever doing a club in Ottawa. My first one was the Comedy Nest in Montreal, and I, I had a great set that night. And I remember him saying, you know, there's, a, there's the Mike McDonald comedy competition. You should really think of signing up. You've got till tonight at midnight. It was that night. So I signed up and I got in the lottery. As you know, there were, uh, I think there was like a hundred and some odd comics that got in, or sorry, that, that signed up, but there was only 96 spots. So there was about 60 or 70 comedians that did not get through that lottery. Uh, and I ended up making it right through to the final. Uh, I believe you were on the, with me in the final too that night. So we both made the final. And uh, that, I think, put me on the map. But I, I mean, I hustled, man. I did all the open mics I could get to, whether they were in Ottawa, Montreal, or Kingston. And I, I realized early that the only way you're going to get better, and I love it, right? I absolutely have a, a passion for it. Uh, so I was doing the circuit, and a lot of times I would drive an hour and a half to a show, do my six minutes for zero dollars, and drive home, and then get up the next morning at four and go to work and do morning radio uh, at the tender age of 46 uh, right. because because I love it, right? And, and and a lot of people always tell me, like, your schedule was insane because they used to see me do, you know, sometimes three to five shows per week. Uh, but but the hard work was starting to pay off, as you mentioned. And right before this hit, um, in January, I was quite busy. I was really busy in February. And all of a sudden, these gigs were no longer uh, just mic time. They were paid gigs. I was uh, traveling quite a bit. I was doing some satellite shows uh, for Yuck Yucks, getting 15-minute spots, which was a lot of fun, which makes that hour and a half, two hour ride to the gig better because, you know, you get some time to stay on stage and really work your material. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and, and the amount of shows that I had pre-booked for the end of March, because I was about to go to Mexico. I was literally flying mm -hmm. to Mexico the day before they really shut everything down. And we, uh, we canceled our trip to Mexico. And then here we are 11 weeks later, and I've, I mean, I've left a lot of money and gigs on the table, uh, but I miss the art form more than that. And, and again, I'm always careful about how I talk about how much I haven't made or done in comedy because somebody like yourself, somebody like many of my comedy friends in Ottawa, that was their sole uh, revenue or one of, because you were also working at the club. Yeah, yeah, um, and but like comedy was really taking off. Like I was supposed to open for Iman Al Husseini in Toronto. She just did our podcast last week, and I had all kinds of gigs. I was going to host Cracking Up the Capital at TD Place, hugest crowd of my life. That was canceled. So I really feel your pain with all that, and it's just I don't know if it's ever going to come back. Like, have you seen some of these stand-ups in Montreal performing for lineups or? Um, oh, geez, I can't remember who it was. Aaron Berg uh, got a show, everybody brought their car, like a drive-in basically, and they hooked up a giant speaker, and I watched this whole like set, and it was such a cool idea, but at the end of it, I was kind of like, it's really not the same. I, I've seen a ton of it. As a matter of fact, those comics in Montreal that performed uh, for the liquor store lineup, if that's what you're referring yes. to, those are all friends of mine. I, I know some of them well, and I know some of them just because we've been on shows together. 
Um, and, and they admitted to me, trust me, even the, even the fact that we were bombing a lot of times, because these are not people who paid to see a comedy show. They just wanted to go get a bottle of Jack Daniels. And the next thing you know, they're like, what's the deal with COVID-19? So it was just like, you know, you got this stand-up show out of the blue. I think it's a cool idea because you want that feedback. Uh, I've been asked to do a, a few things uh, that are, you know, performances on Zoom to nobody and, you know, uh, but I, 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 I'm a little hesitant. This stuff I like because we can interact. We're three people. We can all talk to each other. There's a little bit of interaction here. And I can see your face. Well, except for Jenna Hollywood there with her glasses. You can kind of, you can kind of tell if somebody's uh, interested in what you're saying or, or responding when you can see their faces even on a small screen on a laptop. Uh, but to... to I mean, you guys have done radio, so you when you do your show, you can feel like you had a good show, but you won't really know sometimes until you run into somebody. It could be like a week later, be like, oh, remember that thing you did last week? Oh, my God, it was awesome. So there's there's delayed gratification in radio, but with comedy, it's immediate. If you've got some good jokes and the crowd is into it, you, you feel it right away and you just hum along. I just don't know that that would exist on a Zoom set, and I'm 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 not – ready yet to just start doing that and there was a comedian who said look if you have people who've been dying to go and see you they just haven't made the time and their first experience is watching a six minute zoom set and there's no context there's no crowd there's no rhythm there's no laughter and they go hmm, then they're never going to come to your show so you may have lost some of your momentum i would much rather Wait in the background, because I, I believe that comedy is going to be big when we can gather again. I think comedy is going to be one of those things people are going to seek out and, and definitely do. And the shows in Edmonton, before they shut those clubs down, were selling out like hotcakes, and they were adding shows, but then the health units there shut the comedy club down again for no reason. They just somehow didn't put them on the same playing field as the restaurants that were open. So they shut them down. But I, I think when, when Yuck Yucks opens again and Absolute and, and the places that do comedy in Ottawa, uh, regardless of what the crowd number is, I think that they're not going to have trouble selling tickets. Yeah. I think everyone can use a laugh right now. Yeah. Is my mic okay? Can you guys even hear me? Because now yeah. I'm on my phone. Okay. Yeah, can hear you. What happened? Your computer overheated? I don't know. It just stopped and now I can't get back on to the Zoom meeting. Ugh. Zoom, eh? This is the problem. We, we all do the best we can with this technology. The Zoom comedy show was one that I thought might work because you can see everybody's face in a little box. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet either. I did an Instagram live one, but all you could see then is the red hearts floating up. All right. It's akin to the people. There's some people talking about the drive-ins. Right, where people either flash their high beams or honk their horn. Uh, but I think a horn honk would be like a heckle, right? It, it, like the high beams might tell you that the things are funny, but if the people are honk, 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 like how do you get you through your set if people are honking their horns? So there's, uh, there's some interesting ideas out there. I'm not saying any of them are bad, no. um, but I, I, I just don't know if I'm ready to go and take a PA system and set up a Canadian Tire or Walmart in Cornwall in the parking lot and just start ripping comedy. Yeah. It's, it's all about energy, too. I mean, not to get too kumbaya, but it's very similar to theater that way, where you need to feel the energy in the room, I, for me anyway, and it's, you can't really do that on, on a screen. 
I'm not a green room guy. When I do a show with other people, I like to watch the host. I like to watch all the comics and, and I find that it helps get you ready for your set. And you know, you, you read the room, you see what's funny, you see what they're laughing at. Are they, do they like it a little bit more blue or are they liking the stuff that's a little cleaner? And I mean, I've seen myself minutes before I go on, scratch something out and put something else in and, you know, very few times I regret it, but you wouldn't know that if, if it was just little boxes on a screen that were hopefully laughing. But again, is somebody that just wants to do stand-up comedy going to pay the premium Zoom price? I don't know how many squares you can put on one of these screens for a crowd. Yeah. Now, unlike Jenna and I, you are quarantined with your wife. Um, not that Jenna and I would be quarantined with your wife, but we don't have wives. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't mind. You guys would be entertaining for sure. <laughs> How is that going with Miss Colleen? Celine. Oh, Celine. Oh my God, I'm winning today, aren't I? Why do you Colleen? I know Celine. What? It's okay. Uh, that's the closest, though. I will say this. I'm not just quarantined with my wife. Uh, my 20-year-old daughter is here, my almost 18-year-old son is here, and my mom is my third kid, and she's 75 years young. Uh, so we're a, we're a, we got the Brady Bunch here. We're a bunch of people. Was your 20-year-old daughter, did she come back from school, or has she always been there? No, she uh, she's working, uh, well, it's technically part-time permanent, but full-time hours. Uh, she's actually a PSW at one of our long-term care homes here in Cornwall. So she's, uh, yeah, she's been on the front lines uh, from day one on this thing and, uh, you know, went through, she's had her COVID-19 test and uh, thankfully everything came back negative. They, they swept uh, all the homes in Cornwall here. Uh, so she's been working longer hours than I do. I mean, whenever I'm done the show at work, uh, come 9.30, 10 o'clock, there's nobody there. So I'm not going to sit at my desk by myself. I typically prep for the next day at home uh, a little bit later on in the day, you know, maybe with a, uh, with a beer or something, you know, can't drink beer at the office. So I come home and prep here. Uh, my son was doing, well, yeah, I, when no one's looking, I mean, if we, if I was at work right now, I could open my desk cupboard and you would see a couple of varieties of whiskey in there for, you know, those special shows where you kind of need a little shot of something, either to celebrate or to drown the sorrow. Uh, but my son, <laughs> my son was doing a full-time co-op with a plumbing company and loving it. And he's not going to be able to complete that. So we've got some searching to do for him to get his apprenticeship now. Uh, but you know what? We, uh, we're lucky. We're, we're a family that gets along and uh, we've, we've learned some new card games. Uh, I feel like I'm coming into my actual age by learning how to play cribbage. I recently learned how to play cribbage. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on in cribbage, I'll tell you. It took me a little while. I played a lot of online games, but I'm uh, finally a crib player. Uh, we've played Wizard. We learned how to play a game called Garbage with Cards, uh, which would, you know, would, would eat up hours at night. Uh, after supper, we'd clear the table and just play board games and card games as a family. So, again, on, on the, the, the big picture for me, Still able to go into work, you know, still with my family. Everyone here gets along. Uh, we have a, now that the weather is better, we have a nice screened in porch in the back. So we've, we've really, I, I can't complain too loudly. Do I miss everybody? Oh my God. Like I've, I've hugged four people other than my own family in the last 11 weeks. And Jesse will tell you, I'm a hugger. Like I'm a, an affectionate kind of guy. When I see people, I like to hug people, men, women, it doesn't matter. 
Um, and uh, I, I miss it dearly when I see people I know in public. It's always like, yeah, pretend I hug you because that's what I'd like to do right now. But unfortunately, it's uh, faux pas. How are you going to cope? Because I was actually talking to someone about this today. I don't think hugging is ever going to make a comeback. Well, and I've been thinking a lot about that because I had this conversation with somebody and, and they said, I don't know that I'm going to be comfortable being hugged for a little while. I mean, maybe eventually, because I think humans need that contact. Uh, but Jesse will tell you, every time I walk into Yucks when I'd see him, it wasn't a handshake. Hello, sir. How are you? I'd give him a big hug. It was always good to see him. Well, um, they're even saying the handshake's dead. You know, one thing I am pretty happy about with being dead is the two kiss. The <laughs> See, I'm French. I do that. I have nothing against that. I just don't know how to do it properly. I'm from the West Coast. We don't do that. So, like, I always go the wrong way, and I end up kissing the person on the lips, and then it's really awkward because it's my aunt's husband, and I'm like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. I think handshakes are dirtier than a hug because your mm -hmm. hands are touching more shit than like your body. Yeah, I and just and just to put a bow on the the French kisses. Uh, I'm French, <laughs> so I, I do that. Uh, but I, I will say this: uh, ninety nine percent of the time, uh, whoever initiates the other person should just not move, and that way they're. And the other thing is when I do it. I don't actually put my lips on somebody's cheek. Yeah. Right? I literally am just putting my cheek, br brushing against the cheek. If you're meeting guys that are giving you the friend, no, I'm French, I kiss you on both cheeks and you get like full lip on the cheek, it's just a little bit creepy. <laughs> and they're doing so it wrong. slipping tongue is not normal, right? <laughs> Either that or they purposely went left when you went right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's going so well at home. I didn't realize that you had such a full house. I thought it was just you and Celine. Uh, mm -hmm. And the reason I asked is because part of this segment, um, Cocktails, Comedians, and Quarantine, is we like to get funny people's take on news that's going around. Okay. And one of the headlines was talking about couples who are quarantined together are strengthening their bond by peeing in front of each other. Now, we've been doing that. We've been married 22 years. That's been happening for 21, if not 22 years. So you now, did you guys get comfortable using the washroom in front of each other before or after you had kids? Because I feel like once you have a kid, everything's off the table because you've seen some stuff in your life <laughs> that you never thought you would see before. But when uh, you're before, I, I, I think uh, it was before. Um, but there were there there are there were ground rules um, when we started living together. Um, <laughs> this is I I'm, I hope she can't hear me. She's in the house here somewhere. Uh, when we started living together at first, um, we had I had the tiniest apartment with the thinnest walls you've ever seen, and you could hear everything. Like if I was in the bedroom and she was peeing, I could literally hear the pee hit the water from my bedroom. Right, so. When she would have to number two, she would actually go to her mother's house so that I wouldn't hear it happening. This is when we were married, for crying out And her mother would be like, you've got to learn to poop near in the room, in the same apartment where your husband lives. Uh, but when it came, in that bathroom, there was no sharing possible. It was that little. Uh, but when we got our first house, it didn't take long. The peeing thing, uh, no problem. But the rule at the beginning was, if you think I'm going to clean this bathroom, if you're going to stand and splatter everywhere, you've got another thing coming. 
So if I'm not in a public restroom where there's urinals and I'm in anyone's house, I don't even have to think about it. I sit down every time. <laughs> I've been trained. Well, it's actually, I mean, then you can't, you, you guarantee you're not going to get the errant spray because, you know, sometimes you get the fork in the road and you're screwed. It's one thing to scrub your own urine off the wall if you're a bad shot. It's another thing to have your party of 20 all peeing on the wall and then cleaning your bathroom. So out of respect for other people, I continue that practice of sitting when I go to other people's homes. Uh, but, but I would be more interested in the couples who may have graduated from the comfort of number one to the comfort of number two, because I don't think that's ever going to happen. That's not I don't care how comfortable you are together. I don't want to poop with someone else looking at me. Like, I don't even like it when a dog or a cat looks at you, even a fish. Like, it's a private moment. Well, when we, when we were, uh, when my kids were little, uh, I have, obviously, you guys know now I have a, a daughter and a son. When they were little and we'd drive to Florida, when we'd go to a rest stop, and we used to drive straight through, so 22, 23 hours, when we'd go into the bathroom, room if if I had to do number two my poor son had to stand in the urinal with me well because I wasn't going to have him stand out you know if sit in and Jenny were in the other bathroom and he was in with me and it's like two o'clock in the morning he's like sorry buddy you're gonna have to stand there for a minute and you watch your old man poop like I'm so sorry I, I thank God we didn't screw him up for life he seems to be okay but uh, those might be stories he tells his buddies and they all have a good laugh at me but Hopefully he doesn't quite remember, but that was a real thing. I would never do it with my wife around, but sadly my son has been stuck in a bathroom stall at a truck stop on the I-95 more than one time with me. <laughs> well, you know, that may screw him up a little, but not as much as if he got kidnapped, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. true, very true, yeah. I Wait, did it out of love. Yeah, um, but no, so don't poo in front of your wife. You're on to something, and Jenna's right. This article said that while peeing strengthens the bond, uh, pooing is going too far. There are certain things that are just going too far, like number two and picking your nose and certain gross things, but pee's okay, apparently. I, I agree. Well, the picking your nose, that's, you don't pick your nose, no. but uh, I think that the, the, I, we have friends who are, you know, if we hear the stories, you know, that they're, he's in the bathroom and they're not necessarily in together, but they have an, an ensuite and the door's open and they're just having a conversation while number two is happening. And I'm like, even then, the door gets shut and the door gets locked because I don't need her even walking in just, you know, accidentally. And if I know it's not locked and I hear the bedroom door open, I'm quick and be like, don't come in here, you know? Yeah. The meeting happening. Okay, enough poo talk. Let's talk about yeah. sex. Okay. Okay, so here's another headline. Sex workers in Switzerland have come up with a plan to reopen brothels. Customers will be limited to two sex positions only. <laughs> Can you guess which they are? Doggy style for sure. Yeah. Uh, the other one, so I'm, I, I'm with Jen on that one. Uh, the other one I would imagine would be, well, missionary, right? Well, that's face-to-face. -face. Reverse cowgirl is the Oh, other. right. So the facing away. Interesting. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the only thing being offered were glory holes, because then there's no contact. <laughs> Good idea. You should write them, Dan. <laughs> Here's an idea from Ontario, Canada. Just cut a hole in the wall, and there's no contact whatsoever. Or make the hole in a plexiglass, so you can still see who it is, but it's in the plexiglass, so the only exposure 
and that you know they can purell your unit and that way there all the covid's gone I'm telling you, if I owned a plexiglass company right now, we'd be rolling in dough. Because as like things are opening back in BC, I got to witness some of it. And everything's plexiglass. So you're on to something there. It would be like when you sit down for a manicure, you have a plexiglass machine, and you just stick your little fingers through. You'd just be sticking other things through. Mm -hmm. The other finger, the 11th one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's another one. An employee at a subway in New Zealand has been fired after he got caught um, using a coronavirus contact tracing sheet to find a woman he thought was hot and called her at home. Do you remember, Dan, the Seinfeld episode when, the, when they found the girl's number on the AIDS walk list? No, I don't. So I don't know if you're a Seinfeld. I thought you were a big Seinfeld fan. I, I do. I am, but I don't remember that episode. This is exactly like that. So this guy is like working at Subway. Oh, she's hot. Let's check the contact tracing. And he called her. And I guess she thought he was a creep. So she reported him and he got fired. I bet he was ugly. <laughs> it is kind of desperate. Like I, I can't imagine, even if the roles are reversed, guys always like to be chased. Um, but if that's the way, when it eventually comes out, there's a little bit of a, you know, a creep factor to that. And it would not go well. It, it was, it was a, it's just preempting the, the the inevitable. The reason I said it be, I know he's not attractive is because if an attractive man did that and hunted her down, she would be flattered and be like, oh my gosh, this hot guy went through all that trouble <laughs> just to get my phone number. But if he's creepy and weird, then it's creepy. The very fine line between hot and creepy, very fine line. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I what I'm curious about this story is how did she know he was ugly? Did she remember exactly who he was or did she first entertain him and was like, Oh, send me a pic and then was like, Ew, I'm telling your boss. Yeah, he just put his sausage in a bun and sent it to her. <laughs> she probably remembered him too. It was like yeah. he was probably like, Hey, I'm that guy from the COVID testing. You're negative, but also, can I get your phone number? Yeah, she wanted the 12 foot, the 12 inch, and you know, she, he only had the six inch, so she wasn't interested. That's what happened there, I think. Yeah. Can you come in for another swab? <laughs> okay, here's another one. Bigfoot hunters are worried that Bigfoot is susceptible to the virus, so they're sending out a message that you need to wear a mask if you're going hunting for Bigfoot. Um, you don't need to hunt for Bigfoot. We're talking to him right now. His name's Dan Allaire. <laughs> <laughs> they shaved me down and taught me to speak. It's amazing. Um, Bigfoot has been, he is like, I don't know. There's a t-shirt I saw one time where it was like uh, hide and seek champion since forever or whatever. Like Bigfoot has been socially distancing from the world for how long now? And they're worried about him catching COVID-19. And this guy avoids people like there's no business because there are no photos of him, not real ones anyway. Nobody's really seen him. We don't know if it's true or not. So he's not anywhere near anybody or any civilization. So wherever that came from, I hope it's one of those like onion sites and not somebody who's legit worried about Bigfoot. He's the safest person if he exists on this planet. But where does Bigfoot live? Like, does that mean like is it in the hills of Montana or whatever? Like, you can't just hunt for Bigfoot everywhere. Doesn't he just live? Isn't there only one and he lives in a specific area? I'm not sure. According to Jesse, he lives in Cornwall. So, uh. <laughs> and he's a morning show host on Boom 1011. Nice. 1019. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so close. 
But if you're not in Cornwall and you want to listen to Dan's morning show on Boom 1019, you can do it on the Radio Player Canada app or on the website, boom1019.com. Are you practicing your liners, Jesse? Are you, uh, are you trying to get a job right now? Yeah, Dan's making me miss radio. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. It, it would, uh, I would love to do a show with you guys. It'd be a ton of fun. Well, get rid of that clown you're with now. We'll move to Cornwall. <laughs> well, you know Don't what? I can, I can sell it as two for the price of one, right? That's right. <laughs> it's tough out here. It's tough out here. All right. So ne what's next for you? We got to wrap this up because Zoom's kicking us off. I guess you're going to continue working, which is amazing that you can do that. So everybody listen to your morning show. And I guess comedy, we'll, we'll see when it comes back. Yeah, that's uh, like everybody else. I'm... Uh, I'm just waiting to, uh, to see the restrictions lifted. I, I monitor the numbers like an obsessed person uh, just to see them moving in the right direction. Um, I'm not a germaphobe, but I find myself, you know, wearing the rubber glove, pumping gas, and, and trying to do everything that I possibly can to help, uh, you know, flatten that curve because I want to get back out and do things. And what I used to say short-term pain for long-term gain is not valid so much anymore because this is week 11. And I know that because I had to cancel my trip to Mexico. So I just hope that, you know, everyone has just a little bit more patience left in them because I feel like we're getting close enough to start to do more normal things. But if the weather gets too attractive and we start to do too many things and not worry enough, uh, it could backfire. So in the meantime, please stay safe, keep your hands clean. And, uh, you know, if you practice safe sex and use plexiglass with, with a hole in it. <laughs> Cheers to that. Well said. Dan Allaire, thank you so much for doing this. Cheers. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Stay safe.